What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. I'm Evan Grant. He's Kevin Sherrington. The strong, silent one over there is Barry Horn, and uh, the guy on our line right now is David Moore. David, our legal expert, what's going on? You're is like Zeke the Jeffrey Elliott Tubin play? Of, this, of this podcast. <laughs> is First Zeke all, Elliott going to play again soon? Legally, legally, or anywhere else, I've never heard Barry Horn refer to as the strong, silent one. <laughs> I'm not sure that applies at level A or level B. We're trying to build him up right now. Two, will Ezekiel Elliott ever play again? Yes, he will play again. Uh, C, will he play in these next six games? I do not believe he will. Okay, so then that uh, that leads you for the last three games of the season. David, uh well, this was while we're recording this. Before you get to this, Kevin, while yeah. we're recording this, there's still time for Zeke to file An uh, with the NFLPA one last uh, appeal, uh, and the judge has given them time to file that appeal. That will be ruled on this week, correct, David? Uh, well, yeah. Well, they could look at it and say that um, they could delay it into any point. But the, basically, his his legal options are pretty work pretty well close to an end. He's exhausted them. It's difficult to ascertain where he can turn now and delay this suspension from starting this Sunday against Kansas City any longer. Uh, he, he can still file some things, but that doesn't mean they'll be heard immediately, and the suspension is in place uh, starting then until something else changes. So uh, later today, barring uh, uh, another stay, which appears highly unlikely at this moment, uh, the suspension will go into effect. All right, so, Kevin, I want to, you go back now to what you were saying. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt earlier. No, that's quite all right. Listen, uh, he has exhausted his appeals, and I'm exhausted by his appeals. Uh, and, and here was my point uh, that I wrote in a quick take for, for us today, um, is that he should have just taken this suspension when it happened First six games of the season, the Cowboys probably wouldn't be much worse off than they are at four and three uh, in those in those first. Now he's played well, very well the last two weeks, but that one of those weeks is against the 49ers. I'm betting they would have beaten the 49ers without uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, and then last week uh, against the Redskins, he played he played well again. But uh, but when you know the backups got in, they played well. Two. So my, my point is is that he should have taken that then because now they are really hitting the tough part of the schedule. It was already a, a difficult schedule, the hardest one in the NFL. Okay. But now it's really getting L- difficult. Let's, let's move forward. Let's not look back. Nice filibuster. 
David, who David? No, who? no, we never look back. We never write about the st- the David, game that just happened. David, what, we never do. We that. never second guess. David, oh, no. David wh- who's going to be the running back uh, against Kansas City? Starting running back, if Zeke can't play, it'll be by, it'll be by committee. Uh, Alfred Morris, uh, who has been his primary backup to this stage of the season, uh, I believe will start. You'll see Darren McFadden, who has been inactive. Uh, will also uh, share the load. And, and Rod Smith, I think they're going to find ways to get him involved. Uh, you know, I think probably look for it going in. They'll ride a hot hand if one develops in a game. But I would imagine you can kind of look at it going in as, as Alfred Morris will probably get two series, Darren McFadden has one, and then uh, Rod Smith will get some, some random uh, work in there as well, and, and based on how the game is unfolding, and if any of those players has a hot hand, uh, it could change as it goes along. But I'll kind of see the the two to one uh, possession format going forward, at least starting with Alfred Morris and then Darren McFadden in relief. Uh, overall, what you can expect with this group, uh, again, they'll have to do it by committee. Uh, none of those guys is close in talent or explosiveness to uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and I think that'll be the main difference. I think they'll still be in a very efficient run game, uh, but I think that's it. They'll be efficient. They won't be explosive. Uh, the big play capabilities won't be there. Uh, suddenly, I-, I think Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden will have rushes of, of, of two and three yards where we've seen Ezekiel Elliott carry take that same play for six, seven, or eight yards here in the month of October. And uh, that, that's going to have a, an impact as, as the game wears on. So, uh, David, what I'm gathering from you is that when you say efficient and effective, you don't believe that this will change their scheme at all and tilt them more towards a heavier pass uh, mix. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, they, they want to go – Unless the game dictates and it gets away from them, I don't think you'll see any game plans where they go in and say, okay, we're going to have Dak Prescott throw 40 to 45 times today. That's the best way to win. They're still going to go in and say, you know what? Uh, now, suddenly, I think that's Dak Prescott rather than uh, throwing 20 to 25 times in their original plan. I will think they'll go, well, you know, maybe we need Dak to throw 25 to 30 times. But you're still going to see a team uh, that anticipates and expects to get at least 120 to 140 yards on the ground and however many carries it takes to get to that total. I, I think that is still going to be very much part of their plan. They, they, they constructed this roster with the realization that there was a good chance that Ezekiel Elliott would have to start serving the suspension this year. They've carried four court, uh, running backs on the active roster all year when most teams only carry three. So they constructed their roster to absorb this the best they could. But, again, you're taking one of the preeminent, not just running backs, but one of the preeminent playmakers in the NFL today off the field. It's going to have an impact. David, you you bring up the words efficient and effective, conjure up visions of Des Bryant to me. What is going on with Des? Well, um, I, I don't think it's. Been I was being facetious than what we saw last year, um, and you know the year before that where he was hurt by injuries. Uh, people still have this image of Des Bryant as a, a perennial Pro Bowl receiver. Um, I think he's still a very good receiver, but he hasn't been a Pro Bowl receiver uh, really since the 2000s. 
2014 season when you look at the production and the numbers. Uh, he hasn't played to that level. A lot of it's been injuries. Uh, now he has a different quarterback. And he's also in an, an offensive scheme where they have great success running the ball. And it's not just about running the ball. It's about controlling the clock and limiting the exposure of your defense. Uh, so you don't see as many plays down the field for Dez. I, I think Tony Romo had a better rapport with Dez Bryant than Dak Prescott does. Uh, he was looking for opportunities for that big strike to Dez Bryant. I don't think that uh, while Dak Prescott looks for those, I don't think he looks to them uh, to the extent that Tony Romo did. Uh, and, and so now you get into how do you incorporate uh, Dez more into the game plan when he's not a big strike option. Uh Some weeks you see that and he's a part of it, other weeks he's not. And really, you go back throughout his career, even when he was a Pro Bowl receiver, I think you would be surprised to go back and see the number of 100-yard games that Des Bryant has had in his career. Uh, When you compare it to some of the other elite receivers in the league, it's not that many. Now, what happens is when he has them, a lot of times they're 180 for two touchdowns. Uh, You you really remember them because they're so big. But you look at his percentage of 100-yard games in his career, and it's not that high. Was he was he upset during the game and after the game uh, by the lack of targets? Well, I think any receiver is upset and believes that he can make a difference in the game and doesn't get the ball enough. So I think that's always an underlying thing. Uh, the Cowboys constantly talk about Des Bryant and his passion and how that's a good thing. But the other part of passion is if you're upset during a game because you're not getting the ball enough, uh, you express that. I think regardless of what they say, Des Bryant was expressing a certain level of exasperation uh, that he wasn't getting the ball more. But I think he does that every game. Some games that the camera captures it, others it doesn't. Uh, All of the teammates know how Des interacts. And while he blows off steam and gets upset, uh, he doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't allow it to affect his performance as far as blocking. And, and he's become a very good blocker in the run game uh, and should be because of his size. It, it doesn't impact. He doesn't pout. He doesn't mope. So I think uh, his teammates and the coaching staff have no problems uh, if he vocally expresses that he should get the ball more because they also know uh, even if he doesn't get the ball more, uh, it's not going to impact how he uh, approaches that next series. David, I want to make two comments here. Uh, one uh, about the offensive line, which uh, and I and I and obviously you're right about Zeke Elliott. The difference between him and Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden. Um, but I would also say that when the offensive line was not playing well at the first of the year, everybody was saying, "Oh my gosh, what's happened to Zeke Elliott? He's lost a step," which was a ridiculous, you know, criticism of a 22, 23 year old running back who had had no injuries. Um, does, does this offensive line, does it seem to you now that this is what it's going to be going forward? Is Jonathan Cooper going to be the left guard primarily? Uh, has Lyle Collins adjusted to right tackle? Has this finally all start to, to get back to what it was supposed to be? Yeah, I think you've seen a continuity over these last two to three games that you hadn't seen before. In fact, I think if you want to take this four-game stretch in October, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I believe as a team – they averaged 198 to 200 yards rushing in the last four games. And their, their per carry average, and this is not just uh, Ezekiel Elliott, their per carry average was up around uh, 4.8 to, to 5.4 in that range, game in and game out. 
So I think they have gotten the ground game in gear. You go back and you look at it, the, the longest run from scrimmage this year doesn't belong to Ezekiel Elliott. It belongs to Alfred Corrins, who broke off a 70-yard run uh, in October. Uh, and I think you're going to see Alfred Morris as a primary guy because I think he has a better feel for running in the zone-blocking scheme than Darren McFadden does. Having said that, Darren McFadden, uh, behind the, the nucleus of this offensive line a few years ago, when the quarterback was Brandon Whedon, Matt Castle, and Kellen Moore, didn't start until week seven of the regular season and finished as the fifth-leading rusher in the league on an offense that had no quarterback, really, that, that, that posed any sort of threat to defenses. So he, he's going to be he's going to be a valuable piece in this going forward too. He's a I don't think he has the feel for running and, and picking his spots in the zone blocking scheme the way Alfred Morris does, but he's a more powerful runner. And I know we've used the word explosive here. He's not nearly as explosive as Ezekiel Elliott, but when he does hit that hole, he's a very strong north south runner, and, and he can get some yards. Uh, I think that maybe Alfred Morris isn't able to get. So I think. They should complement each other pretty well and mixing Rod Smith in there on occasion. But all of that being said, the difference before is it's not just about the explosive nature that you're losing uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. It, it is the continuity. It's knowing you have this guy to go to every time you hand the ball. Now you're looking at two slightly different running styles and do you uh, look, if, one of, if Alfred Moore struggles and has eight yards on his first five carries, do you immediately go, well, okay, we got to go to Darren McFadden more and then not establish Alfred Morris the way he needs to be established to see that you know percentage grow as the game goes along. That's where the feel for calling the game is going to be much different and uh, introduces another variable uh, into calling these games that, that hasn't been there uh, when you have Ezekiel Elliott on the field. David, we'll, we're going to let you run very quickly, but – uh, as the, the NFL uh, trade deadline here approaches, it appears that uh, Philadelphia has acquired Jay Ajay from uh, from Miami for a fourth round pick. Uh, the Eagles it appears get a little bit stronger at the running game. Cowboys obviously take a, a, a bit of a hit here with the with the Zeke Elliott suspension. Um, I think when we talked last week, you thought it was going to be tough for the Cowboys to catch the Eagles anyway. Um, the margin wider now? I think so, yeah. Within 12 hours of, of learning that Ezekiel Elliott's suspension of six games is likely to start this Sunday, Philadelphia goes out and addresses arguably uh, it, its largest question mark on a team that's only lost one game all year, and that is a solid running game. And now they have a guy to plug into that. You know, I think Philadelphia looked – uh, at Elliott about to go out here, right when I, I think Dallas was starting to build, and you started to get the sense that Dallas was pretty close to the team it was for the majority of last season. Now you take Elliott out of the mix. Philadelphia looked at Green Bay losing Aaron Rodgers uh, several weeks ago. They look at an Atlanta team that came out of the NFC last year and barely lost the Super Bowl, struggling offensively and not being the team it was last year. And I think the Eagles sat there and said, look, why not us this year? We're the hot team. Uh, there's not another team in the NFC right now you could argue is better than us. 
look, we feel we have a few things we can shore up here. If we can do it, let's go for it. Let's go all in this year. And I think that's what Philadelphia has done. David, uh, we appreciate the time. We know you've got you've got to run and you have uh, a lot of Cowboys duties. I just want to sign off with you by saying if you ever faced a six-week suspension here, we'd be in your corner. Well, thank you very much. And, and I know We'd stay in the corner. You, we wouldn't move out of the corner. I know that you carry, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure that – not only would that six-game suspension be served by me, they may add another game or two on top of it just because of company I keep. Yeah, a decade or two maybe. Oh. Yeah, th- th- this appearance isn't going to help you. So, yeah. um, All right, David, take care. Thanks a lot. We'll let you run. Thanks a lot, guys. I enjoyed it as always. See Thank you, David. You. There goes David Moore. You know what I like I, about him? Oh, Ed, wait. Evan wants to speak. No, no, no go shocking. ahead, Kevin. I, no, here's what go ahead. I've, I've got something I want to get into, but go ahead. Here's what I like about David. When I text him about coming on to the podcast, he almost always says yes. That's great, Kevin. Thank you. Um, Barry, <laughs> and, and you may have addressed this, and I apologize, but this is the CBS big game on Saturday, on Sunday, is it not? Yes, yeah, so I'll be writing a big story about that for the— This will be Tony Romo's debut of a Cowboy It's, oh it's, it's a hurdle. It's a, it's, it's a hurdle for Romo. You know, look. I talk it's to a f- hurdle? It's a hurdle for Romo in that— Everybody will be parsing, or a lot of people will be parsing his every word, because it's not only that he's a former Cowboy quarterback. But I like to hear what he, people will like to hear what he has to say about Dak, who, Dak who replaced him. And so I, I think I think it, it's a hurdle. It, it, it's you know he's been so good in, in, in doing what he's do, done. I think this will be a test. How about that? A test for him? Yeah. I, I, here's what well, I think it'll is be a people test read in the public it, eye because people will want to see if he's critical of the Cowboys. I if think he's critical of the saying. if he's critical of the Cowboys, is he critical because he's jealous of how of, they've moved on without him? If he's if he's critical of uh, the Chiefs, is it because he's a former Cowboy? He's in a no win situation. How did Troy deal with that? Troy, well, Troy Troy went out differently than than Tony than Tony did. Troy, when he when he he didn't do national games uh, early in his career, and that that's one thing. But I, I've I've talked to people about that. They say that Tony needs to be like Troy. They insist that Troy plays every game straight down the middle. What Tony needs to do is he needs to study the Kansas City Chiefs a lot more than he's studying the the Cowboys this week. And he and he needs if he's going to bend over. Anyway, it needs to be for the Chiefs. But people are going to think what they're going to think. Yeah. Just like they're, they're, when, they're, when, they're, Troy, when Troy does Packers game, they're, they're convinced that Troy hates the Packers. Right. There's no question. I talked and to everybody's v- convinced that Joe Buck hates their team regardless of who their team I, is. I talked to Vern Lundquist yesterday uh, on this very topic, and Vern said when he used to do Auburn-Alabama games, he used to get 50% hate. his hate mail came from Auburn fans who thought he was favoring Alabama, and the other 50% came from Alabama fans who thought he was – Favoring Auburn, so. but uh, I would think that th- this would be an opportunity for you know we've kind of heard this legend of Tony Romo calling plays basically ahead of them happening in his first seven weeks on the job. I would assume with his familiarity with the Cowboys, he's going to look like a savant come Sunday afternoon. You know, he's not always right, and 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 I, and I talked about this with people. Sometimes when he when when he predicts a play and it doesn't happen, Nance just Jim Nance just 
They lay out. They they, they just go, or they, or they change the subject really quick. Well, isn't he's that not, what his, he, his partner should be? Yes, doing? yes, yes. But it's it's not a hundred percent. He he doesn't hit on a hundred percent. So here's here's what I want to ask you about that. And this is what you should be investigating. This is our media critic. Oh yes, so <laughs> because yeah, get, yeah, get on this, Barry. No, let, 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 me, let me let me. I'm getting on my phone. Go ahead. Well, no, you're exactly right because he isn't always isn't always right. Let me ask you this: How many times do you think a quarterback in that booth couldn't say? This is, you know, this is what they're going to run. But here's the deal. But they don't do it because they don't want to risk well, being wrong. Right. All, all the time. Right. But and, he doesn't care. About Tony, he doesn't know the rules. He doesn't know the rules. Tony he, doesn't, he, he, doesn't care. But let, let's say he let's say he started out hot, and let's say now he goes through a little cold streak where he's not predicting the plays as well. So then, what is he going to do? He'll go. He'll, he'll go somewhere else. He'll, he'll go somewhere. I, th- I think what carries Tony in the booth is, is not the predictions. That's you know that's it's, it's, a, it's a nice it's, stick. It, it, it's a good stick. But he's he's so enthusiastic and and he's and he's he's hip. He's relatively hip compared to all the other yeah. other people in the booth. And says, you know says the, the I'm 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 the, I'm the doyen doyen of hip right here. Right, I right. I know what hip, what hip is. But 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 he makes uh, so references to you know he he, he knows social media. He knows. Um, he 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 knows what's going on in the world outside the uh, the framework. So of you're football. saying he's not Phil Sims? He's more enthusiastic than Phil. Re- refresh was. me, if, re- refresh my memory here. Did Troy go into broadcasting immediately after he retired, or did he take a year or two? No, off? I think he went immediately in. But don't forget, he worked NFL Europe games with uh, Brad Sham uh-huh. while he was still playing. Okay, and then, and then he went. I, he I, went I'm right more in. Worried he, about he, the, he, the he, he went right in. He worked at a three man booth. Uh, don't forget he worked with but Chris he Collins was broadcasting right? his about his peers, right? The cow- but but don't forget this: the Cowboys were in in a lull in in those days. He wasn't on the A team. I, I get all that. He, I'm just saying that this is a guy who was broadcasting about his peers as players, and I think as when you're broadcasting about peers, you've got a level of insight that a guy like Phil Sims, 20 years removed from playing, but sometimes when yes, break. you're right. But sometimes when you have the insight, you you, you don't you don't share the insight. Correct. And, you're and a little bit gun shy about it. You're gun shy, but I, I don't think he will be gun shy. There, there, there's been no evidence to show that he will, he will be gun shy. I, you know what I think he'll say? What? I could have made that throw. You think so? He's going to say that. No, uh, he's not he, going to say uh, that. He might. He'd be dying to say that. No, dying to say, say it, that. but he won't say it. Here's what but you think. I think he will, it, be, the key more... will be The key will be Jim Nance. Jim Nance might say, what if he says, Tony, what would you have done in that situation? Would, I don't think Nance would put him in that. I don't no. think he will either, but he no. could. He, I, I don't, but you know these, you know the the game a little bit. I don't think Jim Nance will, unless there's a situation where Tony gives him a heads up in the booth. Hey, I I want to address this. Right. Um. I, I don't think Nance is going to put him in an uncomfortable situation. I I tend to agree with you, but I I thought Brenneman put Aikman in an uncomfortable situation. He he set him up to talk about Zeke, and Aikman just laid out. Did he really this yeah. past week? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, that's not that's not. Uh, you know, I know Tom does a couple games with Troy every fall while while Buck is doing um, World Series, World Playoffs. Series games. Yeah. But it's not his regular partner, and and, and so boy, he, is not he the, deferential? Not the same level of chemistry there. No, there's there's not. But uh, let, let, let's just say this: all the play-by-play guys are deferential to Troy. Right. Tr- Troy is the 600-pound gorilla in the fox. That's an 800. Are you pound calling gorilla. Troy fat? No, he's the 800-pound. Gr- oh, I can't wait till the headline on this horn. Troy Aikman is fat. That'd be like the time that uh, John Machado took that picture of uh, Tony Romo and made him look really fat on purpose. Yeah, made him look fat. Yeah, fat Romo. 
Romo hated that, by the way. He he blamed him for that. Um, what else do we have on the? So what do we got this weekend? We got the Cowboys winning at home. Um, uh, you know, oof. that's a no. good point. I had a, there's no way. I, there was a, there's no way. I, Don't be a homer, Kevin. Can I say something? Yes. First of all, Evan Grant, who told us before we went on the podcast, hey, let's not be talking over each other. The king of talk over. And now, <laughs> and now you are talking over me. Let me finish my sentence. I wasn't listening when everyone was talking. But what I said is I would have been tempted to pick the Cowboys with Zeke Elliott. Without him, I'm not going to pick him. You would be tempt- you'd be tempted but not definitive on picking the Cowboys with Zeke. But right. there's no way no without way. him that no. you're picking. I mean, I still th- and that sounds backwards because I, I've said all along the running game's not going to go away without Zeke. It'll still be effective. They'll just have to rely more on the passing game. They'll have to have more big plays. Uh, they'll they'll have to have something going on. But I will say this: Orlando Scandrick played so well in that game last did. week that that has to give them. If he could sustain that, uh, that has to give that defense. Some kind of shot now because he he played at a Pro Bowl level in that game. But the Kansas City Chiefs offense is not well. Is, it, it's it's better. I mean, the, much better. The Redskins have struggled getting the ball to wide receivers all year long. They've been throwing. You know, Kirk Cousins throwing everything to the. They had guys backs. off the street playing on the offensive line too. Yeah, yeah. By that the end was of the game. Th- so that was that was a game that I was gonna I was saying beforehand they were gonna lose. But then when I saw that they they lost all their offensive line in that Monday night game, there was there was no way. The Chiefs that. have tremendous big playability with oh, their receivers. They do, tremendous and, and so that's why that to me the fact that Orlando Scandrick played so well against those guys last week, and those are some pretty good receivers. Yeah, uh, they haven't had a good season, but there's some big guys and pretty good. Oh, on Josh Dotson. Josh. Oh yeah, he his last good game was at TCU. That is not true, but he has a lot of potential to Crowder's be a very good player. Crowder's played well this year. Yeah, I think. Who has played both? Crowder. Crowder. Yeah. 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 Jay Crowder, he, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Crowder has had a very good season for the Redskins. Um, Barry, what do you have this weekend? Uh, the Cowboy game? I, I, I think Kansas, Kansas City is a pretty good team. Uh, I, I watched them it's carefully kind of last night. Foundered a little bit. They found, but, but they have, as Evan said, they're explosive offensively. Explosive. And uh, I, I think I think this could be a big loss for the Cowboys. Which, which could be it's a funny thing to say about an Alex Smith led team. Yeah. They've never been explosive. Yeah, but, but I mean they've got they've just got so much speed with those receivers. You know they they can and, just and the, the the rookie back in the backfield heave is, the ball downfield. And the, the, um, the tight end is quite a tight end as well. I like how you just keep Kelsey. saying tight end running back. You want Kelsey. to take Kareem Hunt well, and uh, Kelsey? Kelsey, I I, I know them because I, I they're killing me in fantasy. I know I know them well. <laughs> He's no Gavin Espinosa or Escobar. Gavin or Escobar. Did did he make that squad? By the way, you know what? There's a there's a the there's a there's a plot. There's a, a, a cabal who who, who cabal. plots who plots against Gavin Escobar. All right, he, so he he let me tell you something. He would make up if he was playing for the Cowboys now. He might make up for Zeke Elliott. Yeah. So Romo is not going to be made available this week to the media. Uh, no, he's not. I've 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 talked to them ad nauseum, CBS, about that. Are you going to watch the game from home? Or are you going to be at the the? I'll, be, I'll watch the game from home because it's much easier to listen to and hear hear them hear them when when you're at home. I, I am going to talk to the uh, producer today, uh, Jim Rykoff, uh, who will be producing the game. Who's the guy who talks to Tony? And uh, maybe uh, learn something from Jim. So you will have a piece online and in print before the end of the week about Romo doing this game and and this hurdle. 
Evan, I just want to tell you something. Mark Francis Scuddy, our digital editor, is in love with Tony Romo. He, 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 he's a hit machine. And, and you know what that means, Evan. Yes. You'll be writing about Tony Romo before the week's up. I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's um, – C.J. Nitkowski, who is um, in the running for one of my favorite all-time C.J.'s who's played for the Rangers, <laughs> um, is awaiting our phone call. And um, we are going to talk with him about the World Series. We're going to talk with him about some Rangers stuff. Um, who knows what else we'll get into with C.J. because he's, he's, he's a left-hander and so he's wacky. Yeah. So How do we know that we were talking to CJ, not Mark Folliwell? How will we know? They sound remarkably alike. They don't. Sound I do not alike. think that. Oh my god! Anything alike? No, I, I, I think CJ's got a much more. Look at sta- Tommy shaking his head. No, I, I think I, I think CJ's got a much more staccato delivery than Folliwell does. You know, this is just like when you used to have those separated at birth, and if, if two if two people both wore glasses, Barry would say they look. They alike. sound alike. <laughs> Oh my God! We'll, we'll, we'll ask CJ if anybody's ever 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 said he sounded like Mark Fowler. Separated at birth, Tommy Lee Jones and Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah. um, if they were both wearing glasses, yes. yeah, Barry would go for that. Uh, are we ready to go to CJ? Yes, let's go. Say let's say goodbye. What are, what other podcasts do we have today? Let's tell everybody. It a great college podcast with um, Paul Feinbaum from the SEC Network, ESPN's SEC Network, talking about uh, the college football playoff, uh, talking about openings in the SEC this year, uh, op- about the future of um, the Texas A&M program and where it ranks in terms of uh, uh, attractiveness if, if that job does become open and what might happen for the job to become open. Um, we obviously just had a nice talk with David Moore and, and some great insight from you on on Tony Romo and in his first Cowboy broadcast. And we will now get on to uh, a little bit of baseball. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we will be back with Nikowski. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.